Pages of Pim Better Podcast. Greetings, Voyagers. Welcome to the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. This is episode number 87. We're staying in the world of hip-hop and rap here in Indonesia for the second episode in a row because today's guest is Yako. She is a pioneer in the female rap game in Indonesia. She's been rapping for over 20 years. And in addition to being an artist, she's also a college lecturer and professor and a head of school. She curates rap on a radio program that we talk about. She's helping to run a workshop for uh, video making and songwriting. She's a jack of all trades and she's doing it all. And that's incredibly inspiring to me. And I hope that you find a lot of inspiration from this episode as well. In the recording that we did today, we talked about her song, Hands Off, which was the first song that I had heard her do. And it has a really powerful video. So you can check the show notes for this episode for that video. I said that I'm going to play the song in this episode, but I've been unable to find it for download. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to link you to SoundCloud where you can listen to it for free. And instead, the song that you will hear after this intro is Bad Seeds. That's a song that she's a feature on, but I think it's one of her coolest verses. And then at the end of this episode, after the interview portion, you will hear the song Thang. Uh, you can find both of, both of those song titles in the show notes for this episode. And like I said, if you check those show notes, you will find the video and the song for Hands Off. Sorry that I could not provide that for you in this actual episode. In the show notes, you will also find links to Yakko's social media accounts. There's a Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and um, in the show notes for this episode as well, you can find a link to my Patreon account. Patreon is a way that you can support the podcast financially, only if you have the means to do so. That is a subscription-based service where you can give 50 cents, $1, $5, $500 a month, and that will go to keeping this content coming, keeping the stories and the education coming to you. If you cannot support financially, trust me, I get it. You can do so by leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes. If you don't use iTunes, you can use whatever the podcast application of your choice is. And as always, please, when I have an artist like this, please throw your support towards them before you ever throw your support towards me. So uh, hop on iTunes and uh, pay for a couple of her songs and albums. Uh, You will definitely not regret it because she's really, really talented. Okay, like I said, the song that you're about to hear after the jump here is Bad Seeds, and then that will play straight into our conversation. Enjoy. Can 
never have 99 problems cause I keep it one handed That's a plus one for me Rearrange your mimics, screw your gimmick and your image You know my talent's a gift like a moving pick All these cats is handling, what you think I'm Zelda I'm busy with my craft, manufacturing my cheddar Feel the furthest thing from cheesy, furthest thing from easy Cause I'm harder than difficult, not your typical lyric I'm here and come on like your favorite rappers, favorite rappers, favorite rapper With that being said to compare me to any average rapper Beat my lap rich my flow is like a beverage Better serve cold and you get the sweaters like getaway a brother, a sister Who becomes a blesser Can't imagine what you feel when you start being real You must be spitting acid Jump around like you a stick No wonder you saw big time Like, like classic Check the list, you say A And what you do is a B A smile in your face But you talk shit behind me Never ever tax me I'm not buying your story Watch it try to fuck Again, thank you for doing this. Appreciate yeah, you. Maybe a good place to start is yes. sort of the setting that we're in now, because mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people reach out to me and they say like, "Oh, like, what are you up to today on this adventure? Like, who who are you interviewing for the podcast?" And if I were to say like, "Hey, I'm doing this interview with this badass Indonesian rapper," probably they wouldn't think that the setting is a college campus. <laughs> uh, so how are we here? Well. Um, just to illustrate the, um, you know, the setting at the moment is, um, uh, I am now with you in a, in a, in a room where this is my cubicle. Well, this is my room. I'm actually also working as a head of campus. Oh, really? And a lecturer. You can see the sign there. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're the top dog, huh? (laughs) And, um... Uh, but as you know, I'm also have a, another career yeah. that um, I have been doing since like the last 22 years Whoa. as a rapper. So, um, yeah, but the setting here now is um, it's like a very conventional room uh-huh. with lots of <laughs> <laughs> like paperwork, like students assignments yeah, yeah. and computer in front of me and pants and then, you know, the calendars and everything like that. And I'm, as you know, I'm probably... Like um, unlike what you see me in the in the video, I'm dressing as a you know formally you know with the blazers 
and um, all blacks. Uh-huh. It's very, very conventional. Yeah. <laughs> when you're when you're teaching, when you're a lecturer, what's your your specialty? Um, your management and marketing. Oh wow. Yeah, pretty much like that. Like human resource management, digital marketing, and then I teach product and service development, those kind of stuff. You went to school in Australia? Yeah. Is that true? I went to um, University of Wollongong to do my MBA. Ah. And I continue with another um, uh, master degree of uh, applied science. Mm. Sorry, applied IT actually. But didn't really like it. So, yeah. yeah, I stick to business. How much, like, how much do those worlds conflict? Because I'd imagine there's a lot of what, uh, I don't know if, if, you guys use it here, but like we call code switching when you, you sort of have to use the language of the of the setting that you're in. So like academia yeah, and professional exactly. language is quite different than uh, the language in hip hop circles. Yeah. Uh, so how do you navigate between those two worlds? <laughs> well, it's pretty crazy, actually, um, because I don't know. It's just like I, I guess I, I never really, you know, never really. Um, what do you call that? Well, I cannot have like the same value that I adopted between the two worlds. Like, mm. um, uh, doesn't matter where I am, I'm still, um, I'm still adopting the disciplines that I actually also teach to my students. But in terms of like, maybe the different part would be only on the fashion style. Mm. That's all. Like in in terms of academic, I tend to be a little bit more formal and conventional. Like. Um, as you can see, um, I mean, if you see my, ta- my my photos, I have lots of tattoos here. So it's not that I'm trying to cover who I am, but it's more towards I pretty much like to see the context of where I am, mm. you know, trying to, to fit into uh, the environment, especially if I meet parents, because part of my job as the head of campus and lecturer, I also meet parents. So when that happens, I just need to, you know... Um, be a little bit more formal yeah and and um, in terms of in the class setting well again as I mentioned as I mentioned in the beginning that um uh, no matter where I am I always put that discipline is always the first thing that you have to uh, do that doesn't matter where you are that's that's the thing that I teach to my students that look um, although I am a lecturer and and a head of campus that if I have to teach, although I have already just got a gig at night, mm. let's say until like two o'clock in the morning, then at 8 a.m. I'm still going to be here teaching you right at 8 a.m. And there's no uh, there's no tolerance for late or anything like that. Yeah, I think it's cool. I, I had this discussion with um, Psycho G because, mm-hmm. like, you know, he did a song uh, sort of about for and with his son. Yeah. And that sort of breaks from the conventional mold of what you would think, you know, the character of a rapper has to be like this sort of tough guy thing. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's cool that you can be your authentic self. Like you don't shy away from it. I've seen it on social media. It's like I'm a rapper, but uh, I'm a lecturer during the week. Yeah. Um, so I think it's cool that you can, you guys sort of collectively are sort of uh, reshaping and relabeling uh, the persona of a hip hop artist. <laughs> Well, yeah, I just I just don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be uh, like I don't want to be fake. That's all. Mm. I don't want to be hiding behind a mask or anything like that. That what you see is what you get. The funny part is that, <laughs> um, you know, when it comes to this uh, academic setting, uh, I, I, 
there was one time when I met parents and then this parents is actually um, telling me about his son's behavior and that his son's is now a little bit changing because uh, under her perception is that because his, uh, his son, uh, her son is um, meeting new friends with tattoos. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, saying to myself, oh, you don't know. Once I take off yeah. my glasses, <laughs> you don't know how many tattoos I have. So I quickly say to her, like, well, Ibu, um, uh, like, ma'am, yeah. uh, I don't think that's that's the, the reason. That's my, there must be other reason because um, peace, people with tattoos doesn't always have to be the bad one. There are people out there. Uh, wearing ties, you know, white, like basically, you know, all formal suits, but still doing corruptions mm. and everything like that. That's what I said to us. Yeah. And generally, you know, it's the people in white collars who are the most dangerous. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm also like, I'm going to put a bit of a pin in that because I'm going to come back to that. Okay. Um, the thing that I'm really fortunate to be able to do is sort of step into people's lives Um uh, learn their story and then share their their story with the world. And I think that there's some really interesting like cultural context that I want to hit on in a little bit. Oh, sure. Um, let's maybe sort of start from the beginning. Uh, yeah. You're from Surabaya originally? Yes, Surabaya. Oh, you did your research. I, I did as Very much good. as I could, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I was saying before we started rolling, like um, uh, I, try to, <laughs> I try to keep up with people who are much smarter and more... Um, know a lot more about the things that we're talking about. So uh, I try to keep up. So um, <laughs> how old were you when you came to Jakarta? Um, I, my family's actually live here. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my mom, uh, a single, uh, she's a single parent mm. and she lives here since like, yeah, for like so many years back. Okay. And I moved here. Uh, to get back with her is on 1997, so that was oh. when I was 17. Okay, 17. So then, your first exposure to um, hip hop and music that you enjoyed. Uh huh. How old were you when that was happening? Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, when and I was in still Surabaya. Were you in uh, in the city or were you in a rural setting? Uh, in the city. Okay. In the city. Surabaya is the second biggest city yeah. in Indonesia, so. Um, whatever Jakarta has, usually Surabaya comes next. So okay. With hip hop, I listened. I was, I discovered hip hop when I listened to the radio. Mm. Back then, radio is the only main media that to listen to music. I mean, TV too. But mm. you know, TV, there was no MTV back then. So radio is the main media to listen to hip hop, and I started to listen to like uh, Kid Rock, and then. Rich Against the Machine. Really? Yeah, and uh, Naughty by Nature. And then I like I like to also during the weekend, I like to visit like, a, uh, you know, the record stores mm. who mainly sells cassette, cassettes, cassettes. And then so, but because again, the, um, well, uh, there's not many, that much, that many media is actually covering enough about hip hop. So I can only guess whether the cat uh, from the cover, whether mm-hmm. this is hip hop or not. Yeah. So, and I just, you know, trying to guess whether, you know, 
it's top up or not and then I buy it and listen to it at home and still going back and forth listening to the radio. What was it that you identified with? Was it lyrically? Was it sonically? Was the, the music? Um, was it the whole package? Well, first thing that I, um, I, the reason why I attracted to hip hop, I think the first reason is because of the beat, mm. the music. You know, when I listen to hip hop, when I listen to hip hop first time, I can just directly nodding my head, you know. Mm. It's like I can feel the beat. It's just inside me. It's all all part of my body is like reacting to it, you know. And then the second would be the flow and delivery and the lyrics that gets that gets me. And the third one is the energy. It's like, you know, um just doesn't matter whether it's actually the hip hop is like hip hop jazz or anything. You can just feel the energy coming right out of it. So that's just, those are the mm. three things that you know that got me the most. At what point in your uh, in your time as a fan did you start thinking like, okay, hey, maybe I could do this? Like, were you, were you rapping in your bedroom or like uh, what was happening? Um, yeah, I think after after I, I listened to started to listen to hip hop more and more hip hop songs in the radio I started to because I like musics I like music since I was a kid mm. so I listened to many kind of um, songs like I like Angun Chesasmi and then I like Queen I like uh, the Beatles so any kind of music even like the uh, Scorpions mm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, but this this one is different so I when I started to listen to hip hop I started to feel like I think this is it. I think this is my kind of music. And then I started to, um, uh, you know, how, how we can't really get lyrics back then, you know. Mm. Sometimes in the, yeah, you can find lyrics in the cassette, but um, um, but most of the time, uh, rappers, they don't include lyrics in their, in their, you know, in their cassettes. So what happened is, um, usually I, there's this, I, I like to record. I, I like to create a mixtape. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> it's like listening to whatever in the radio, and then I press record to, and then just record it in any any cassette that I have. Yeah. But, uh, record it and then listen to it again, rewind it, and then started to to you know write write down the lyrics. It, although back then my English is just so uh-huh. freaking <laughs> awful, so I just I just write it down as much as I can, and then it's. Uh, and then try to remember it, try to practice it, and just like that, I started to. Uh, and there's this, this competition in a in a, in a local radio, which they want the their listeners to to say happy birthday to them. And I joined the competition uh. and creating my first um, rap lyrics. Really, <laughs> which is. When I think about it, it's just so dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was the winner. Really? I was the winner, yeah. They invited me to come to the radio. The, the radio is S103, the name of the radio. And then it turns out to be in that radio, there's this um, like uh, collective, hip hop uh, collective mm. that is based and has a program, hip hop program there. The name is Pumpkin Rapper Crew. Pumpkin Rapper Crew. Yeah. And they became and, and I, they they invited me to come. Really, and then there's I still remember there are three people there: Sonny, R- Risky, and Rani. 
and they became my mentor afterwards. Wow. So they, they teach me how to rap, they teach me uh, bars and then flow and delivery. They give me more more uh, references, uh, yeah, hip hop references. And then since then, I, I also I joined the radio and then we sometimes uh, broadcasting. I become one of the announcers, the, the, the junior announcers. And I learned to how to beatbox wow. and then join competitions. And uh, yeah, pretty much like that. <laughs> I really wanted to be able to go through questions and have sort of like these these topics that um, didn't have to address the fact that you're a woman who's rapping. Because mm-hmm. I think that when it comes down to music, like it's irrelevant. It's, yeah. if, if the music's good, the music's good regardless of the gender, the identity, exactly. whatever. No, yeah, I agree with that. I think maybe to tell your story, um, especially with maybe how I understand uh, or maybe even have misconceptions about Indonesian culture, it's sort of in, important to touch on a couple things. So I'm being maybe a bit defensive in, in qualifying mm-hmm. why I'm going to uh, ask some things. Um, nowadays, some of the largest acts in the world that are creating hip-hop music are women. Mm. Um you know, I can't go anywhere in the world. Like I've been many places. I can't go anywhere without hearing mm. Cardi B. Like she's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But still, the volume of people, or uh, there's there's far more men in the world of hip hop than there are women. Even though there are some women who are at like the top, top, top. Yeah. Um, were there any barriers at all to your entry into this world um, that is largely male dominated? Yeah. Well, I guess it's pretty much the same here. Uh, when it comes to hip hop culture, it's pretty. It's 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 a, it's a you know it's a culture dominated by men, and then um, the barriers. I think um, the challenges. I would like to say it as a challenges. Like there are two things. There are advantage. There are advantages and challenges as well when it comes to um, hip hop in Indonesia. The uh, the advantages is that. Being uh, one of the, uh, I mean, like being a um, female rapper, it could, it actually puts you in the spotlight mm. easily, mm. you know, so because there's not many of you. And then, um, and when it does, when there's one female rapper or two, they can, they just, they just put you in the spotlight, mm. which is, it's an, why I said it's an advantage because you can gain people's attention, uh, you know, easily. Mm. But it becomes a challenge. Uh, it started to become a ch- as a challenge because they started to, you know, um, it's just you by the appearance only. You know, when they, when sometimes in the media or anything like that, they, they add the, the, the terminology, this beautiful rappers, mm. you know. You, you don't really say, see that when it comes to Male rappers, right. this handsome rapper, right, right. you know, um, but sometimes it's just put in the media that they only judge us by, you know, by the appearances, and it's like another thing is like the double standard that we get, as in it's either you have to be very pretty mm-hmm. or either you have to be, you know, um, like really good, you know. Sometimes that's the challenges. That's where the challenges come from, and then the the. The uh, also some people underestimated that really women can rap, you know, mm. 
uh, and the fact that the culture here, uh, this is the, the most difficult part, uh, being in Indonesia, and maybe will still happen in other countries too, in which, um, well, according to Hofstadt, uh, where that the, uh, you know, it's more, here is more patriarchy, mm. it's more masculinity, you know, where, yeah, again, like I said, it's male-dominated. So uh, that gives you the, um, what do you call that? That, that? that pretty much like shape the environment in which um, here it's like women, after you get married, were, you know, yeah, especially after you get married or in some cultures, Japanese culture is that you can't, all you got to do is just look, uh, once you get married, you look after your husband, mm -hmm. you look after your kid, and that's it. And your parents at times, right? Yes. Yeah. Too. So that's just the most difficult part, environment, the, the you know, family. If you don't, like most women, they don't get supported by the family or they just, well, I'm not, um, well, Maybe, you know, because I'm not in their position. So sometimes they just choose to stop rapping because the family says that, what do you want? What do you want to get from rapping? Can you get enough money from rapping? Can you, uh, can you really fit the family by rapping, you know, by mm. being a rapper? So those kind of stereotyping, those kind of stigma, those kind of uh, uh, pressure from the uh, family, from the environment, from the... Uh, uh, people that kind of that being the most difficult challenges that I feel. Yeah, in in my understanding of Indonesian culture too is that uh, culturally it's it's quite conservative. I think a lot of like a, a lot of people say, oh, that's the largest Muslim nation in the world, mm. and it's like, okay, well, Indonesia is not officially Muslim, yeah, but it is quite a religious country, and and people are pretty modest and conservative. And so we talked about tattoos. Mm -hmm. So I would think that maybe tattoos and sort of the content in um, some of, you know, in some hip hop songs would sort of run counter to that conservative culture in Indonesia yeah. and there would be sort of like resistance to it. Yeah, well, I've, well, so far, I mean, I've never... I've never really experienced this kind of thing, okay. you know, like uh, especially when it comes to religions or anything like that. But um, I don't know, like, because um, um, I don't know. I, I just never, never really experienced any of that. But yeah. I did experience things uh, that uh, are related to... Uh, what do you call that? Sexual harassments. Mm. Or like how women should... Uh, dress up or anything like that. Yeah, you know, um, especially when I, after I release like hands off, and then that's that's some you know some comments in the uh, Instagram in the social media, it's pretty much like uh, victim blaming instead mm -hmm. of like um, telling that uh, that this is the uh, the the mis the the errors the mistake is actually coming from whoever you know, did the sexual harassment. But, um, yeah, I, I, uh, that's just the, the, the resistance that I have. But, I don't know, never felt like religions or anything like that ever tried to, you know, okay, like put a constraint on me. I'm going to use that as a segue because I had a bunch of questions about hands-off. <laughs> um, 
so again, when you know, I've been checking out a lot of music here, and when I first searched for you, this is the first song that came up, mm. and I listened to it, and I was like, whoa, this sort of almost um, transcends music in a way because mm. there's a global movement of empowerment that's happening right now. It's a major issue in the U.S. Mm. Uh, just what is today? Just two days ago, two days ago we had election day, mm. and um, there were a number of seats in government that went to women. Um, women of color, our first representative uh, who's Muslim, I think our first two who are Native American. Um, there's a huge push for empowerment. Like th There's a movement happening right now. Um, and to me, this song is almost like an anthem for that. Mm. Uh, prior to writing the song, um, how prevalent was like street harassment and sexual harassment. And was that like the main impetus or reason for why you wrote the song? It is like the, 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 um, the reason and basically the, the main reasons why that triggers me to write the song is because, um, the level of street and sexual harassment in, in Indonesia is very high. Mm. And the funny, not the funny thing. Well, the, uh, the, the saddest thing is that people think sexual harassment is it's just a joke. You know, mm. it's when when people like uh, whistling, you know, catcalling women uh, in the street, they think it's just a joke. It's like women can, don't have the right to get angry or anything like that, and that happens many times. I was yeah, I was catcalled before, and then I just. I just I I try to face who who did it for me you know who did it uh, who did that to me and they were like trying to you know not looking at me yeah. back you know so it's like you know those those kind of mentality are the uh, the the reason why street and sexual harassment is actually happening and um and this, I heard a lot of stories from my friends and read lots of news and then heard lots of news on TV, on the media that there's so many cases happening like this, mm. you know. And this thing could happen everywhere, anywhere, and could happen to anyone. And it could, and this harassment could happen even in the family. Mm. So it's, it's, the, uh, it's like becoming very, it's very, it's the the it's like the alarm always goes on and goes on and it's never off so and i also experienced um that by when i was doing a crowd serving uh during a gig and then they just i felt that someone grabbed me you know with it's not like trying like tr they they touch me um with it intention mm -hmm. not touch me because they want to support my body but because and they, they just grab me, grab my body, you know, and I can feel it because, you know, the difference between mm -hmm. they try, someone trying to support you and grab you, you know, intentionally. So and um, few of my uh, some of my um, friends, female musicians also experience the same thing. So and I I also I was also um, inspired by uh, this friend of mine. Her name is Kartika Yahya. And she's also an activist, and she uh, many times she she empowers her lyrics is about empowerment, uh, about 
about, um, you know, um, what do you call that? It's more towards like um, trying to get women to realize that they are they're, they're, have the rights to their own body, you know. Mm. So I was, uh, I'm inspired by her a lot. So I, that's why I, I wrote a lyrics about this, about Hands Off. And then when I heard the music from uh, Mardiel, my producers, and I quickly, this is it. I want to, I want to release a song. There was also that that problem in the punk scene in Indonesia. Um, it was that exact same situation with women crowd surfing and, mm. and being like groped. Yeah. T to me, like, so you mentioned the family. The first time I ever was really witness to that was, was through um, education. So when I was an administrator, there were times where I actually had uh, kids come to me and say, like, you know, over the weekend, like, my mom's boyfriend or my uncle or something did this. Um, and that to me was like, it was completely shocking because <laughs> I, ha I hadn't sick, realized yeah. it happened within the home. Yeah. Um, but when I was a teenager, not, not, but when I was a teenager, uh, I went to punk shows and I, I think there's like underground hip hop and underground punk music. The sound is different, but I think the spirit of it, yeah. the DIY attitude is very similar. I agree. And to me, like, I would have been lost without having shows to go to. Like, it was the community. Like, you got an education through through zines, through songs. It was it was the place where you were safe and protected, whereas being at school or somewhere else, like, you felt like you just couldn't fit in. Mm. So to hear something like that within the community that you're supposed to be part of is, like, it, it was a massive betrayal. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah. I, felt, I felt really betrayed at that time because, you know, uh, because I tried to face... Uh, I tried to find who did it, mm. and then, but I couldn't because it's like lots of people there, and I was just end up like um, you know shouting bag and so on, and yeah, get angry and everything like that. So, but but that's the thing. I think I think those people. It's just the mentality. It's like it goes back to you know to I think it comes it comes back at the the where. Maybe they never had an education to respect women, you know, mm -hmm. to respect others. Never had a had a had a education that they have to respect women as as a person, not just an, as an object. Because mm -hmm. we we know there are many. Well, when we start to speak about women being treated as an object, it happens everywhere, and that's 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 the kind of mentality that that. I think the reason why sexual harassment also happen, yeah. you know, because you don't really treat women as an as a person that you you treat like when you treat other persons like maybe another man or anything like that. Suppose you're a man, but but I guess that's this this kind of thing is not only happening to women. Right. It it it, it, it happens to male to it happens to men. It happens to the. Uh, Lesbian and guys, gay community, transgenders. So, I guess it goes back to the mentality of the people. I can't. I can't even begin to explain it. Like I wouldn't know where to start. But I do think that when people do stuff like that, it's a way that they feel some type of power. Whereas, like probably in the rest of the aspects of their life, they feel powerless or insignificant. And this is like something that gives them, you know. Uh, in an animalistic way, like uh, a sense of power over someone else. Yeah, of empowering someone else. Yeah. yeah, no, that's just 
sick. I mean, yeah. like you can't just get power from you know you get power from education, you get power from knowledge for having knowledge, you get power from maybe money, you get power from positions. But again, getting power from trying to underrated someone that's just never that just mm. feels wrong. That's just wrong. Yeah. That don't feel wrong. Right. That's just wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna have hands off play before this conversation starts. So listeners at this point have already heard it, but I'm also going to tell you to go and YouTube the video so you can watch the video. Uh, one thing I thought was really cool about the video was that all of the women you have in it, um, it's not just like it's actresses or something like that. Like they're all badasses in their own respective rights. Like, so I had Ika Ventiani on yeah. here. And like, before I scrolled down and saw like you listed everyone in it, yeah. I'm watching it and I'm like, Dude, is that eco? Like, what the hell? And then, like, I went through, and it's like, whoa! You have like, uh, like ramen girl, and like all these yeah. people, and like, um, I forget her name. Her last name is Putri, but she does uh, like food. Oh yeah, food the blogging. Bali dance, the Balinese dancer. Um, a f- like a food blogger, I think. Maybe I'm mixing names up. Um, Putri. I might be mixing names up. Okay, all right. Um, but point being, yeah. Um, I thought that was a really cool concept to have all these people who are doing like really cool things across other mediums in your video. Thank you, thank you. Was that your idea? That sort of yeah direction of the yeah, video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, it's just a, I just just want to go like I just want to show that I just want to tell that basically, you know, sexual harassment could happen to anyone, you know, mm-hmm. and and that could happen to any professions, you know, it could happen in the workplace and everything like that, to any different, to any women. So that's why the, the idea for bringing musicians and um, many, uh, like women from, as you said, like um, badass women from from their, their own background, it's just the idea mm. to show that we just had enough, you know, we just don't want to tolerate this anymore. And those, the women's in, in the video, those are the women that I really adore and mm. inspired from that, um, you know, they are very, very cool in their own, t- in their, what, what, what they're doing. And they're never afraid of expressing their, you know, their, their thoughts mm. and minds. And I, I learned so much from them too. That's so, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen you talk about, and I talked about this the other day um, when I was recording with the Psycho G also. Yeah. Um, you said that some of the songs that you record are in English because, and it makes sense, it's much more likely to get um, like more radio play, like playing clubs, more international play because more people obviously around the world speak English than they do mm. Bahasa Indonesian. Um, for this song, did you record it in English because more people would be able to like understand it and identify with the message? Um, yeah. The thing is, um, it's actually... Um before I write the song, I started to think whether I should write it in Indonesian language or uh, in English. And um, because I, I want to spread the, meshe- the message not only to Indonesians, but also to whoever out there who have the same message to fight the same cause. So I decided to write it in English. Mm. But at the same time, it's... it's uh, it's kind of an uh, and it uh, disadvantages for uh, for me because, as you know, um, the level of like um, the, the people who speaks English here, although so many people speak English, but again, if I I, get, I have it, I have to speak uh, 
using my song to people who lives in the rural or in the suburbs and everything right. like that might not might not reach them instantly because obviously it's not their language. They might be having difficulty in interpreting it. Mm -hmm. But that's why I also create uh, a gestures that if you see in the video, there's a sketch where I put my uh, hands to the front and then putting it back yeah. again. That's a, a sign that you try to, you know, like back off, mm -hmm. you know, hands off. I don't want to just, just put your hands off, keep your hands off me. So by that... At, Hopefully, um, although people don't really speak Indonesian, but they get the message. Hmm. And then I the, also uh, combine it with a lot of media interview and in yeah. media speaking Bahasa so that people, if at least if they don't know the lyrics about the song, but I, I get to explain it to them in Bahasa. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, on the flip side to that. Yeah. I've seen uh, some videos of you performing live and some pictures and things like that. You're always repping like Jakarta gear. How important is it for you within the medium, within uh, the music to promote Indonesia? I think it's really important. It's really important that, um, um, you know, we, I can just, I can put it in my lyrics because again, that's where I live. Mm -hmm. This is where I live and I bring, um, I'm, I have an Indonesian blood, so it's really important to to insert like an Indonesian sculpture in in my music stuff. Either it it could be from Bahasa, it could be from the beat itself, or it could be also from the uh, from the message. It could also be from the visual uh, that I bring when I uh, on the stage. Mm. So it's really important not to forget where the, like the heritage and not to forget where I come from. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, I haven't really done much to it. But what I can, uh, what I can assure, assure you, I've never really forget where I come from. Mm -hmm. That, like, for example, when I, I, ha I have a gig recently, I had a gig in uh, Reunion Island. So oh, okay, and it was, it was in uh, me. Me, yeah, it was in May, and uh, they invited me to come. I was the only uh, delegation that was invited. That was France, no? Yeah, it's part of France. Okay. It's just next to Madagascar oh, and next whoa. to Mauritius. Yeah. Cool. So it's quite far, and I, yeah. was, like, <laughs> I was pretty shocking when I got the invitation. Oh, yeah. and I felt that, no, it's not real, but it's real. Wow, <laughs> I'm yeah. there, so yeah. Um, and then, so when I performed there, I... I, I I combine my my uh, my performances with the visual, and in that visual, I I show the uh, what Indonesia is, you know, the from the from the cultures and everything like that. And one thing I would like to do, I used to, I used to have a music as well that, in, in that include uh, gamelan in it. Mm. So and and that's also something that I would like to also included my music in my, my future music in the, you know in the in my following music later on yeah it's cool to see um the, i mean there are some indonesian artists that are starting to make like pretty big waves like we mentioned ramen girl earlier yeah ramen uh-huh yeah she's interesting because like her 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 sound and her lyrical content in some ways is like it's very modern it's like yeah. very contemporary rap but um She's also sort of got this like fuck you feminist attitude as part of it. Like, I mean, she's got a song like I Am the Man. Yeah. Um, yeah, her vibe is pretty cool. And and like Young Lex is getting a lot of 
international attention as well. <laughs> um, it's interesting to me because like, so some of your songs, like you have um, sort of like some, some almost like dance electronic beats and uh-huh. like dubstep beats. Mm-hmm. I, th- I have this theory that like, that's the way for Indonesian music to really break through. Uh, it's weird because like someone like, let's so like Diplo, right. And like major laser, he, he, they can play anywhere in the world. Like they, they headline festivals from Africa to Asia, yeah. everywhere. And but they also include samples and music from like a lot of the places that they go. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like Indonesia is just like one song away from that sort of exposure. If somebody could like link up. Yep. That's like a, if you're listening to the Voyages of Tim Better <laughs> podcast right now, like come check out Yako and put her on a, a feature. Um but yeah, just because like it, it's cool to see across different mediums, like um, movies from Indonesia are actually getting quite popular around the world. Yeah. A lot of like really scary Indonesian horror movies yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Um, yeah. But like The Night Comes For Us, right, just came out. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It would be cool to see Indonesian music on the international scale too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, hopefully. I mean, Timo is actually my friend. Really? Um, yeah, we... Well, well, he he also he also lives in Sydney before. That's where I met him. Ah. So, um, and then it's pretty cool, dude. You know, yeah. like, and he has this. I mean, he's already interested about like you know creating, developing movies since like back mm. then, since he was in Sydney. So it started. I think it started there, or maybe I was wrong, but maybe it started earlier ah. then. But. I, he's he's one of the best director I know, you know, wow. Timo brother, the, yeah, Timo and Kimo. So yeah. Have you ever thought about making that transition into into TV and movies, like making the, uh, like or playing in one? Yeah, of yeah. Nah. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll fit into it. Well, I I did. I, you know, I helped my friend before. You know, becoming a thief. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, but it was just a, a very independent project for for you know his school projects. So oh, okay. <laughs> I was just jump into it and then okay, let's do it. But it's nothing, you know, never into a big movie or anything like that. Psycho, you did that. Yeah, and yeah. He's really good. He's really good at it. And he's got um he's got that that beef show, the like rap the battle beef show. Rap battle? Yeah, uh, he's a judge. He's one of the yeah. Judge. Yeah. You the you're on a. A weekly radio show, no? Or yes. uh, like a podcast almost? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's like official radio. Yeah. Uh, its name is Mugos. Mugos. And the program that I hosted is Hip Hop Hooray. So it's um, it's every it's on every Tuesday from 7 to 10. And I was there with my... I'm, I'm there with my friend, Tuantiga Blas. And you guys are sort of like giving exposure to rappers from Indonesia? Yes. Oh, that's And cool. that's what we do. And that's, I think, the mission of, uh, of Hip Hop Hooray is like that. Because... There are so many. I mean, although the thing is that anyone can actually release rap videos mm. or, you know, music and then it's just uploaded in YouTube. Yeah. But one thing that um, what I, the one thing that I see is that there are so many good quality rappers and music out there from other, you know, cities or areas in Indonesia, but don't get the exposure enough. You know, and that's what our mission is to, 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 you know, to, to share what they have and to, to promote them. Because I think I get to the stage where I still want to release something, but I also want to uplifting others 
other people mm. where where and that's 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 why I I I am happy to be to be part of hip hop hore because I can just do that and then spread the uh, you know the uh, the virus. Yeah. there are many many rappers in other in other areas in Indonesia. They just they have really good music, but it's just that don't, people don't know them yet. Mm. You know, a lot of people knows about you know YouTubers who's trying to rap. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes the, the exposure is not to rappers who really want to rap, you know, and that's 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 the uh, the focus that we're we're having on for hip hop hore, you know. Do you ever hear from women or younger rappers who say, like, "Hey, you paved the way for us"? Because again, like, I'm not as knowledgeable on Indonesian hip hop um, as I might be on other you know genres of music, but. In my research, like, and we can stop whenever you need to stop. Um, like, you were the one. Like, you really paved the way for women in rap in Indonesia. Well, <laughs> well, it's an honor if yeah. I, you know, I get the rec- the recognition. Um, well, I just, I just, what I, um, I don't know. I don't know whether I opened the way, but what I really like to say to them is that you can just. You know, although you're women, you can just rap. You can just do whatever you want. You know, it doesn't. Um, it's not bound to, you know, cultures or anything like that. I know it's it's really probably it's easier to say, but it's just hard to do it because I was I'm not in their shoes. There are, like I said before at the beginning, that there are cultures, there are family who don't really support them, and then things like that. But I just want to tell them the reason why I still, I'm still in the game is because, you know, I like it and and I think anyone if I could do it, then anyone else can also yeah. do that. So that's that's something that I would like to just to yeah. say to anyone out there. What about uh, work ethic? Uh-huh. Um, like, how, how much work did you have to put in and and still put in to stay relevant and put out good music and to uh, play shows? I would imagine that it would be a tremendous amount of work, especially like when you were coming up. <laughs> well, well, again, if you're talking about how, um, well, the challenges again is always on the time. Mm. Usually, when we're talking about work ethic here, well, uh, obviously the biggest challenges would be on the on how to divide my time between my, you know, the the campus work and the 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 music. And also the the radio mm. uh, career. So um, the thing is that I just I think I just I just feel that I I uh, this is the point where I don't really release something like music oftenly, you mm. know. Um, but by still performing and then by still being involved in a project um, that you know it's in the in the in the hip hop and also being able to manage or divide my time my time uh, in a balance that's probably something that I would like to put out out there mm. I don't know whether that's that's actually answering your questions or not or no it is um if finding a proper balance between <laughs> like <laughs> which is that is the most difficult <laughs> part you know so I mean like for example when it's, when it, when I when we talk about work ethics and I since like the work 
that I do here is not only one work. So um, it's like it's like I have to be committed to all the things that I try to like um, like a typical a day for me could be something like you know um, I get I get up at around six o'clock and then I look after my kid. I have a nine years old daughter. Oh, wow. And then, so I look after her and then, you know, having breakfast with her and so on, you know, prepare her to go to school. And then after that, I go to, you know, I go to campus, eight o'clock I'm here. So, and then pretty much between eight to five mm. is campus. But in between, in between it's like, like, for example, when I have a little break after a class and it's just a little short break. It's either I'm trying to write lyrics or either I reply email that is related yeah. to music. Like usually it's between the break or like during my lunch. And then five o'clock or after, basically after I finish campus, then I either um, go to the radio, Mugos Radio, and started the broadcasting at seven. Wow. But in between... I'm, I'm meeting, you know, people yeah. like you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you're sorry that you, I have to insert you in, you know, no, in no, between. No. But then, yeah. And then after that, after I finish the uh, broadcasting, then I sometimes I still have to do another project like recordings or anything like that. And if I don't have any uh, like radio show at that time or a gig, I usually, usually spend my time at home with my kid. Mm. Because, you know, sometimes he has a task the next day, so I got to be there. Yeah. So it's like... It's like sometimes when I have a gig, I make sure that sometimes I have to go back home first, uh, study with her, you know, and then after that, I'm off for a gig, mm. waiting for her to sleep, and I'm off to gig, you know. So it's kind of a lot of things in my plate, but I'm uh, well, and and um, and, but I feel I feel I am blessed because I can do a lot of things like this, and I'm not. I don't feel crazy or anything like that. I f and I never feel exhausted. Yes, exhausted I feel, but it's not because, um, you know, I have to do it because I had to do it, mm -hmm. but because I love doing it. So wherever I go, I always put that, again, disciplines and try to... And that's I think that's the pretty much the things that connect Everything, commitment, disciplines. Yeah, I'm not trying to boasting it around, but no. but but again, I think the reason I still stay sane and then I'm able to do all the things is because of that, and also um, my my family. The number one support comes from my mom, who if I'm not at home at now, now I have my mom at home who look after my kid. You you said something in there that. When I ask most people this question who are good at what they do, they say discipline. Um, and I think that's like that's a really good message for people because like um, even with this, this is a small little project, uh, but I do have people say like, oh, you're lucky to be doing that. Like, how do you do it? And like, yes, discipline. Like you mentioned today, I've got uh, a free hour at six. I can do it. It's like, I can't say no, you know, like uh, you always have to be sort of ready to, to do the work and be disciplined enough to do the work. Like I could have been like, oh, I feel kind of lazy. Oh man, uh, I have to leave in the Jakarta traffic at 5.30. Like it's yeah. going to be crazy. But it's discipline. You got to show up and you got to do the work. Yeah. I mean, I feel that I owe, I, I, so 
No, the thing is that, again, I will, well, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, like the god of discipline any, uh, as well. But um, there are times where I would like to procrastinate. Mm, and that is sure. really, really important <laughs> for me to do that because it keeps me to stay sane. Mm. Like having a lot of things, sometimes it's just, you don't, sometimes you don't have your me time. Mm-hmm. Well, me time, I think it's very important. And if you ask me what my me time I is. I was just about to. <laughs> Slipping. Ah, well, that's important. <laughs> I just love slipping. Yeah. I'm not really a morning person. Okay. I'm able to, you know, go to work every day. It's because, because I'm, I, I love my job. So it's not because I had to. Again, but, but if I have time, if I don't have any, like, you know, because I, I, I'm here, I'm in the, camp, I'm in the campus in, from Monday to Friday. So if I don't have anything, then slipping would be like just the best things mm-hmm. to do. Slipping, watching movie, you know. I, I I always try to have that at least, you know, in like in like for example in one week, Monday, Tuesday, let's say Wednesday, if I don't have anything, I try to say no to any kind of activity. Really? Yes. I'm still going to work. I still go to work. But if there's any recording or anything like that, I learn how to say no. Mm. Because if not, then I'm going to get crazy. Maybe stretch too thin. Yeah. yeah. Um, as you know, mental health issue is also one of the biggest issues at the moment. And living in Jakarta is not easy. <laughs> yeah. With all the traffic, <laughs> with all the, you know, with all the drama with this object online yeah. and everything like that, you know. So, and every everyone here is like keep trying to keep the pace, you know, and, and, and what I feel is that I, I'm not really proud of myself being able to be juggling to do this and that because, um, because the thing is that, um, one thing that I really have to be aware is that I re- really need to be, I really need to also, what do you call that? Um, um, to look after myself too, mm. you know, it's really important to have a really me time too, and and that's I think it's, it happens to anyone, especially who, the one who lives in Jakarta. Especially, I don't know why women also have. Uh, again, a lot of people put pressures too much on women, in which, okay, well, women has to be. It's like this this stereotype that women can be a multitask can be multitasking to do and like to do anything but i think that stereotype is wrong cuz it would be great if you can share the mm-hmm. you know the responsibility with others not just ah yeah women can just do multitasking so just put all the responsibility there i know i might be a little bit out of the uh, conversation but but again it has something to do with um no, it's relevant. With, you know, with staying sane mm-hmm. that I guess uh, related to the, 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 the message that I like to speak about being empowered, like women's empowerment and everything like that. It's not that we want to uh, dominate or we want to overpower men, but also it's more about sharing the responsibility. It's about sharing uh, the ability, responsibilities and anything like that. We want men... Uh, as multitasking as us as well. And again, 
the, ta- the, the, the terminology multitasking is not always positive mm-hmm. because it's just giving you, giving women the pressure to be able to do everything. And I don't think that's actually fair for women. So, Are you involved at all in women's issues outside of music? Because like it's very, uh, it, to bring it back to hands off, like it is very uh, political. Like, Are you involved at all in, in a group of, of any sort that's looking to change laws or legislation or anything like that? Um, at the moment, I'm not actively involved, but I do uh, support yeah. the cause. Um, again, if I do have time, like for example, usually the, the kind of support that I, uh, that I give would be either I create music, music for the cause or either I perform mm-hmm. when the cause is actually when there's a women march or anything like that. And, and, um, and I pretty much, uh, attend the talk shows or attend the yeah. class itself. But in terms of, but at the end of the day, the reason why I really stand off is also to, to support any movement that is trying to change the laws or in pretty much like that. Mm-hmm. But again, in terms of, and, and I, I have a, I have a dream to, well, I started the hands off movement, but again, I haven't, I feel that I haven't done much at all to that. Um, uh, because again, for me, the most difficult part would be time. And, uh, but I have already made a plan that, uh, from hands off, I create merchandise and everything like that. And then the money that we, we actually, that we, that we get is actually going to be distributed to oh, wow. those, uh, you know, uh, the survivors yeah. and everything like that. So wow. that's, that's something that I really need to do. And I wanted to in the, in the future, you know. In a, in a, pretty much in a, in yeah. a pretty, you know, like time. No, I just need someone. I just need a team to do yeah. it. <laughs> Can't do it everything by myself. Well, before we sign off, so on top of all of these things that you're doing, which we just talked about, <laughs> um, for fans of the music, can they expect uh, a single or an album? Are you working on anything new? Yes, very soon. Yes, oh, I have cool. this single that I'm going to release hopefully this month. Oh, wow. It's called FYB Fee. It, it's basically the force to fight against uh, patriarchy mm. and also, um, what do you call that? See, I forget the terminology now. That's okay. But um, yeah, but um, it's more towards about like a fighting patriarchy. It's like how, how people could just use... Um, you know, power, as we talked about mm-hmm. before, to to overpower others and everything like that. And that uh, the misjudge or the misperception that people have towards women and so on. The video is ready. It's just cool. that waiting for the, you know, for the time to, you know, to, to release it. Cool, cool, cool. Um, is there like how can people find you? Is there anything you want to plug? Social media, right? Um, basically, I'm pretty much active in my Instagram. So my Instagram account is at itsyako. So it's I T S Y A C K O, and um, you can also search me on YouTube. Just type Y A C K O there, and then yeah, Y A C K O, and then yeah, I think. Pretty much that's it. I'm I'm also on Twitter, but I'm not really that active anymore. Same. But you can also find me in Facebook. Okay. Uh, the 
just search Yako and then, you know, um, I have a Facebook page as well there. Cool. And listeners, you all know that you can check the show notes for this episode and you'll find all those links. Um, So I always like to show my guests a little bit of love. Uh, It's very, what I get to do is supremely cool to me. I do not consider myself cool in any sort of way. But like I said at the outset, I get to sort of walk between so many different worlds. So here, and I invi- and envy you for doing oh, that, you know? Well, and, and that's weird to me because it's like, uh, it, it is such an honor for me to sit down with the people I'm, I'm sitting with. Just here. Oh, the honor is mine, man. Oh, please. I mean, just here in, in Jakarta, like I said, uh, Ruby Khalifa from the um, Asian Muslim Action Network, who's working to. Um, prevent violence against women mm-hmm. in like communities that are becoming sort of fundamentalist and radicalized. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Ika, I mentioned. Uh, Diavio, who I had on here a couple episodes ago, was I won't run through everybody. I know that would be obnoxious, but he's doing work with um, with refugees. I get to meet all these cool people doing really meaningful things, and I'm just sort of like the guy with the mic. So to me, if I can do anything, it's sort of like maybe use this small little platform that I have to share these stories with the world. But uh, there's a lot of trust that goes into sitting down with me because it's like we communicated via email. You don't know me. I could be a weirdo. Like I could totally fuck up this, this conversation, this recording. And so I'm immensely appreciative um, of the time and that you're able to, to share your story with me and allow me to share it with other people. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, you know, for being here. Like, um, the reason why I want you here as well is also because I want to get to know you. I want to get to hear your stories and then I want to get to know more about, you know, what you have been doing. And this is just crazy. (laughs) Well, so maybe what we can do is, um, I'm going to do like a little surprise visit into the States in December and then I'm back out into the world and I know I'll be back in Jakarta. So maybe six months from now or something when you've got the single and then some more singles out, we can do this again. Sure. Awesome. Cool. Cheers. That's a wrap, folks. That was episode number 87 of the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast with Yako. So many, many thanks to Yako for coming on this episode and for providing all these cool stories for you. Many thanks to all of you, Voyagers, as always, for tuning in, for downloading, for contacting me. Greatly appreciate all of you. As always, folks, please take care of each other. (laughs) You said I'm doing my thing. This is me, doing my thing. Working from 9 to 5, go straight to club, doing live, chasing just since I was 5, no I'm here kicking alive, like mystic, I got many styles of rhymes, like a fight where I just got better with time, got you looking at my claim saying damn, just on my haters they be like god damn, I got my tandem with random, is this in the memorandum, making anthem like fantasy sense I ran in action, so keep your propaganda, keep your bullshit, yeah you know I'm trying to keep your talk shoot, you can love me, or you can hate me, it don't matter cause I'ma still do my thing You can love me or you can hate me It don't matter cause I'ma still do my thing You can love me or you can hate me It don't matter cause I'ma still do my thing You can love me or you can hate me It don't matter cause I'ma still do my thing Here I come, steady as the beating drum Time to turn the heat up
to do some cleanup. Hey, you're dropping my name. What the hell you trying to claim? This is about the Hall of Fame, but you should have saw yourself. That's a really awful name. Ooh. Rat a dub dub dub. Bub 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 bub. This is who I am. This is what I am. Got the grass to see the snake. Well, I'm really a freak. So keep your propaganda. Keep your bullshit. Yeah, you know I'm John Dye. Keep your talk shit. You can love me or you can hate me. It don't matter cause I'm a suit to my thing. You can love me or you can hate me. It don't matter cause I'm a suit to my thing. You can love me or you can hate me. It don't matter cause I'm a suit to my thing. You can love me or you can hate me. It don't matter cause I'm a suit to my thing. Shit, I pick it up and wash it up, I don't give a fuck on people like you. Yeah. 